You're listening to the ESB, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European-level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESB is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode 92. I'm your host, Andres Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Jelena Levin and Pontus Bekmo. Sziasztok! Всем привет! Hey son, hey son! And we are actually physically in the same sitting. Room. Yes, we are next to one another. Finally together again. Yes, mm-hmm. because um, we are in Wrocław. Wrocław. Yeah. Now's your turn. Wrocław. Yeah, very good, very good. In Poland. Breslau. Breslau. No, don't say that. That's Bres- they won't hear that anymore. Oh, they that, don't, that's uh, that's that's oh, yeah. days. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. anyway, it's been a fantastic congress, and we've been uh, running around. We haven't had much sleep, I guess, uh, but <laughs> that's not why we're here either. So and it's, ah. sleep is for later. And uh, European Skeptics Congress was all about meeting new people, connecting with old friends, and just having great time and learning new things from the great variety of speakers. And just for your information, uh, Yelena is not sick or not um, having a, um, a cold or something. She's just having a bleeding nose right now. Yes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we won't. So sorry about that, but yeah. um, we have to record now. Uh, we have only 15 minutes. Con- things Congress you is... do for the skeptic activism. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we party till we bleed. That's how it yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, there was some potting involved as well, but um, it was a massive amount of fun. Uh, ha- having met the, all these people, uh, uh, some for the first time, but seeing people again uh, after such yeah. a long time, it's so uplifting. I, I loved every moment of this. And um, the, the Czech skeptics and the Polish skeptics did a very good job. They had a, a fantastic job. Fantastic job. We, you know, there were some glitches with some microphones at some points, but you yeah. know how it is. It, it's yeah. been, the overall thing has been fantastic. Yeah. Good, uh, interesting topics, interesting speakers, controversial speakers. Challenging uh, some sometimes. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah. Overall, perfect. And, and of good. course, the star of the Congress was James Randi, who was extraordinarily generous with his time, and uh, he was there for people to talk to him during the breaks. You could just go go up to him, sit next to him, have a cup of coffee, uh, you know, do a picture, a selfie. Yeah. And no, you know, I, I just a little bit of a fanboy. I went up to him and said, "Can I take a selfie?" And of course, it's it. And I sat down beside him and said. Do you want me to do a magic trick? And he performed a magic trick just for me, just for fun. <laughs> I, was I was so jealous because, fantastic. like, literally two minutes before that, I left because I had a, a photo taken with Randy, and I left Pontus there, and I missed this special moment. I'm like, no. <laughs> but uh, he's been otherwise really generous, and uh, there yeah. was a really interesting conversation with him and Massimo Polidoro, and it was just amazing and and obviously at his age he 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 walks very slowly and he gets tired easily but but he's so energetic still yeah yeah so he's and he's he's right up there uh very sharp very sharp very, very sharp yeah um it was so much fun to be just around him yeah and today's best greatest moment and i think that was the the highlight of the of the whole event uh, and everyone was there. No one wanted to miss that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Massimo Polidoro had had an interview with him on stage, 
and we had a, a, a bit of an overview of his life's achievements as well. Obviously, you cannot do that in an hour. No. So, <laughs> but, but it's just a snippet. But I, I literally, okay, I'm, I'm such a crybaby, but, but, but still was weeping <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> like, but like from happiness. Uh, from happiness, it, it, <laughs> I, 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 I felt so much love. Um, and and it was something that I felt all over the weekend, mm-hmm. actually, in this. Uh, it's a great community, community yes. And um, I remember talking to somebody, and they mentioned that it's great to go to these events because even if you don't see people for a year or two years, yeah, you go back and you speak to those people like they're old friends, and you've just seen each other yesterday. So you kind of exactly. pick up where you left, yeah. um, and you form this special relationship and special bonds, um, and it's great. Yeah, and you continue. If you make new friends, you you exchange, you you become friends on Facebook or wherever, and you continue, and you keep in touch over the. So when you meet again, it's like oh, finally together. Yeah. yeah. So it's a concentrating networking. So it's, yeah. it's it's a very concentrated networking that we are doing here, and um, and. It's it's a whole lot of fun as well, and uh, but we have uh, recorded a couple of couple of short interviews as well. Oh, can I just ask you because I don't actually know. Do you know yet where the next European Skeptic Congress will take place in two years? No, not for sure. Okay. Yeah, so we have no idea yet. Uh, there have been a couple of suggestions suggestions um, of moving towards the Netherlands or the or, or Belgium. Or the other direction towards Austria or Germany. So we have no idea. That's the, that's a clear answer. Uh, but we have some other kind of development uh, with regards to EXO. Mm, yeah, uh, the European I, I Council believe the I believe the congratulations are in order. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sort of. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> I don't really yeah, well, know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we should definitely congratulate someone. And uh, we might ask her for an interview Absolutely. Um, at some point because uh, Claire Klingenberg, um, who's the foreign liaison of uh, Sissi Foster, the Czech skeptics, got elected the new chair of EXO. Yeah. Excellent. Congratulations, Claire. Yeah. Excellent. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, but and she was the chief organizer of this whole conference. She did an amazing and job. She did an amazing with job. With a broken foot. Yeah. You know, she was running all around, around yeah. with a yeah. broken foot. She is and, a force of nature. So with a big great. smile on her face <laughs> throughout the weekend. That was unbelievable. Yeah. If we asked her, she answered with a big smile. Yeah, it hurts like hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we like. About her, yes, no. she's she's been really a driving force behind the whole uh, congress. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was the most successful European Skeptic Congress to date. Well, I have no experience, not not too much experience, because I only attended two. What about you, Pontus? This is my third. Third, yeah. yeah. So this is this is bigger than the previous two. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> then um, I'm, I'm I know for sure that the Hungarian was not as big. Uh, before the before no, the Swedish no, one, no. so um, yeah, I think it's mu- it's up up there among it's, the best, absolutely, pretty, yeah. pretty and much. And hopefully, up there. Th- th- this will then gather the momentum, and the next one will be even bigger and better. Well, we, we, something to strive. We don't know about the event, but we're definitely very optimistic about EXO, and I certainly personally hope that it will gain some momentum and not. She's not not alone when we're talking about changes um, in the EXO board. Because uh, 
a gentleman sitting next to me has been elected uh, board member Yes, Pontus well. is now also board member of EXO and so are you, Andras, as an associate board member. Yeah, I'm an so associate uh, board member uh, along with um, Leon Kurtevech and uh, Catherine Leon. Yeah. So the chair is now Claire Klingenberg. Claire Klingenberg. Yeah. Um, the treasurer remained uh, Amartel Sarma. And uh, Tim Tretchett is the vice chair. Yes. And who else is on the board? Paola, Paola de, Go- de Gobbi, who's from uh, Italy, uh, from Cicap. And we have four associate members, Leon, Catherine, myself, oh, and uh, Mike, Mike Heap. Yeah, so this is the board now. This is the new board. Um, a lot of changes have, have been made. Uh, this is the first time that associate members were added to the board. Mm. And... Um, this is this is pretty cool. There's a clear intention that EXO will be a much more uh, active, active yeah. organization yeah. Yeah. from now on. Uh, still, you know, we have to find it's not the same as a, as a normal skeptical organization because this is a you know umbrella organization for for the member uh, associations. Yeah. So um, we are hoping for this to work. Um, and to to get things moving a bit further. Yeah. Than, than so so we can expect um, much more activities in, yeah, the, in the next and, couple of years. Yeah, and as an umbrella organization, uh, yeah, there have been a lot of ideas discussed, and uh, we already set up an, a new a date a date for a um, an online board meeting. Mm. So that that is already happening. So it's it's two weeks or three weeks from now. So yeah, that, I'm very optimistic. Yes. Um, but um, not just to talk about this um, um, event, let's um, run a couple of interviews that we've recorded. All right, we are here in Rostov, which is in Poland, and there is the 17th European Skeptics Congress going on. Uh, it's a whole lot of fun, and uh, uh, we have met a lot of people around here. And one of those people is a young man who went through a very interesting experience yesterday when there was an, a bit of an exorcism um, seance. Could you tell me your name, uh, why you're here, and uh, then we can move on to what happened yesterday. Hi, my name is Leszek. I'm from Wrocław, Poland. And yesterday I was uh, on stage in hypnosis uh, event. This was the first time of such theme for, for me. And um, just for, for our listeners to try to draw a picture of, of what happened here. We started out, the whole room was being um, under control for a while. So, And uh, a couple of us ended up on stage. Then the next level was... Um, that we were tried to be hypnotized to demonstrate that um, anything can can be done to a person who who is um, susceptible to that kind of stuff. So then two of you stayed on stage. There was a, a young lady and yourself, and um, you seem to uh, um, uh, have undergone quite um, a lot of uh, controlling. Uh, so you did everything that that was uh, suggested. How did that happen and what was it that you went through? Was it real? <laughs> was it real? I get that question from yesterday many, many times. And um, to that question we will go in a moment. But first of all, uh, like I said, it was first time hypnosis for me and I was completely open about the experience. 
I was not there to, no, I'm gonna show that this doesn't work, nothing like that. Uh, my attitude was to make all tasks that he will want wanted me to do. Uh, and I did the task, okay. Uh, and afterwards I heard many voices that I looked very real. I even talked to the guy himself that mm -hmm. he, he thought that I was for real into it. But the truth is a little different from it because the whole show was for me only basic hypnosis which you can make without even knowing master class of it. I am very big fan of Darren Brown's work. Yeah. And Darren is a master class of, of that the topic. And uh, I was expecting a little bit more creative stuff. This guy had a list and was saying sentence after sentence from paper. This was a very big turn off to me. And I was struggling with my inner laughing and I was focusing on not letting this laugh out because um, it, will, it would ruin the show before I would want it. You mentioned that there were five people on stage, suddenly three went out because they were, were not... Yeah, we, we didn't submit to, were to into the whole it. thing, yeah. And uh, I left with this woman and I had in my mind that maybe the next stage will be there will be only one person on the stage maybe this person will be me and what then i'm afraid that i will laugh out what if i would be the only person on stage i was worried about the whole thing so you were you were not feeling anything that was suggested that you would feel i did his tasks nothing more and I didn't see any kind of inner feeling, inner strange things, which would lead me to bigger things that he would ask me to do. To be honest, for an outsider, you looked like as if you were sleeping. So was that a coping mechanism for you? Yeah, this is a very good question, because when he went to the holy water stage of the act, I was afraid that he will not tell us and viewers which water is which holy and normal and our job my job would be to decide it, to distinguish holy water from normal and my job would be a sudden literary act uh, on the holy water mm. accordingly and I was afraid that I had in my mind that calculation when I would make something physical reaction like holy water the devil 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 I was afraid that when I physically move, because I was very, very still um, in one place, when I would physically move, uh, my laugh would be no longer in, within my bar barrier and uh, everything will uh, broke up. But I was very happy that he said uh, straight, this is normal water, this is holy water, and he didn't go to me even, only the, the, this woman. Yeah, that was very apparent that um, that he he went straight to the, the young lady who who seemed to have gone through quite a lot of tension and everything. So so she really looked genuinely involved in the whole thing emotionally and physically. What do you think of that? 
I didn't saw the woman nearby my side, but because of closed eyes. But but I was thinking exactly the same that she is really into it. I wanted to ask her today, but but I didn't find her. Uh, I think she was really into it, and she was physically struggling with the holy water thing, etc. Um, yeah, I, I think she might fall into. I I don't, yeah. but but she might. Yeah, and for some reason, um, I could see um, Jakub, uh, who who performed this um, exorcism thing. Yeah, he seemed to have realized that that he can work with uh, with that young lady more mm-hmm. easily or better with than than we do because you were non-responsive. Uh, and when he said. Relax. I relaxed when he said, mm-hmm. uh, "Close your eyes." Close your eyes. When he said, the only thing he said, "Open your eyes." I opened my eyes and nothing more. <laughs> and I um, felt that people w- were making more stuff than he commanded. Mm. When somebody's into it, the person adds to to the show, and I wasn't adding anything. I think even the viewers uh, in the hall didn't see my opening eyes because when I open only eyes and any other move, this was unseeable from from the person in mm. the, in the seats. Mm. Okay, but in his defense, I'm I'm pretty sure that it was his first appearance um, in front of um, an English-speaking audience, and uh, and uh, yeah, I I really admire his his courage to to go up there and 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 do this uh, with knowing that. But um, could you tell us something about your background? Why why are you here? How did you end up attending the European Skeptics Congress? Have you got a background in skepticism? I dreamed about being here for years. Uh, Now we're just getting superstitious. (laughs) (laughs) And day when I um, my colleague had a ticket for me, my heart was pumping like crazy. Uh, I uh, I manage the time for it. I cancel my meetings and everything. This is this is so important weekend to me. Yeah. Why is it important to me? Because when I look on the influence uh, which religions have, which pseudoscience have, all these things have, uh, specifically on psychology psychology of people, uh, where you think about self-esteem, things like that. Uh, self-worth and happiness, etc. Uh, so many things fight with it. So many things drag people out of such things like self-esteem. And um, my empathy doesn't sleep well at night when I see that influence. Yeah. I want to help those people yeah. from strictly, strictly empath- empathetic side of, of you. And one of the, the things which I do is I am host of Polish live calling YouTube show called Stacja Ateism. It's translate Atheism Station. Mm-hmm. It's on YouTube, Facebook, you can check it. And what is it show about? The people who believe in God, in karma, etc. call us mm-hmm. and hosts both our atheists and we talk to them live in, in Poland and we seek where are logical fallacies is, where are biases 
it are and um, I think this reflection, this the constructive dialogue about someone's belief can be really helpful mm-hmm. and when I watch similar shows on the, uh, on the rest of the world, I see that people are thankful to show like this uh, that this show made he made them to think more about things that they stopped to think. Mm-hmm. Lastly, how do you like the, con- the Congress so far? We are more towards the end of the, the second day. How do you like it? Uh, what do you think of it? The Congress is amazing, and I use that word not uh, surprisingly, because um, even if only James Randi appeared here, <laughs> this would be an amazing Congress. Uh, I dreamed to meet him all my life Uh, and besides Randy of course uh, the whole congress is so much filled with skepticism and that kind of look on the world on on such many topics and so many connections I made here with such so much fantastic people that I wouldn't change it for anything I'm glad that I Um, took out my job, my <laughs> meetings, everything, and th- in that weekend, this is the only thing in my mind, and I'm completely into it. I'm wait for the next time, and so many people, so fantastic in one place. This is so amazing. That's wonderful. Okay, Lashek, it was very nice chatting with you, and thanks very much. Thank you very much. I will check it soon. Good. Bye bye. We are still at the European Skeptics Congress in Wrocław, um, in Poland, and here with me is Deborah Hyde. Hi, Deborah. Hello there. How are you doing? <laughs> it's 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 great to be here, isn't it? It's a fantastic event. I mean, it, you've always got to be awestruck when somebody organises something as complex as this, and uh, so that's that's a fantastic element of it. And just seeing everybody is brilliant. Just talking and spending time at the pub and exchanging ideas. It's wonderful. And uh, this is how we ended up uh, sitting here on, on, on one of the benches and uh, and uh, talking about exorcism because um, I just interviewed one of the guys who was involved uh, yesterday in this little exorcism seance and uh, he told me that he faked the whole thing the whole he he looked as if he was really going through this and um, and at one point he even looked like as if he was sleeping but he just told me that that he faked the whole thing what do you think of that it's interesting because there's um, there's a lot of work about the hypnotic state this was when people were put under into a hypnotic trance to see whether or not the uh, signs and symbols of exorcism could be manifested yeah yesterday mm. um, and there's an awful lot of work being done about the state of hypnosis some people say it's actually a unique brain state some say it isn't it has it's very similar to other kinds of states but certainly i think it involves it's thought to involve an awful lot of social compliance so um sometimes you get people who are ready to perform and they're happy to do so and they already know that they're probably going to be the center of a few laughs when you get a stage hypnotists act um, and that really they're not doing something that they can't remember they're not doing something you know it's not like they've just taken ayahuasca <laughs> they they it, it, it's really an exercise in entertainment and social compliance with a bit of relaxation thrown in 
And uh, yeah, I can uh, relate to that in a way uh, because I was among the first few who were selected, and I, I was not faking anything. I, I really felt like something was happening to me. Uh, but then, then at some point, I, I, I lost it. Probably, I wasn't relaxed enough. I, I wasn't concentrating on what I feel, but I was, I was trying so hard to comply that that I just lost it at a moment. You always the, the thing about hypnosis is that you are still there mm. and so you're not going to do anything you're not going to you're not going to go beyond something that you're comfortable with you know mm. you know you, you do have that voice in yourself that protects yourself <laughs> and um, so you're quite happy to be the butt of a joke or something like that but you won't go too far so perhaps there was a point at which it just strained your credibility and you went no nope, can't go for that and it snapped yeah but still yesterday there was a f uh, screening of a film a, a, a documentary about exorcisms and there were a couple of uh, scenes that were really disturbing and you did, you even did explain how disturbing it felt for you uh, to, to see all those uh, people going through all those uh, horrendous experiences so um, I'm just referring to what you said about uh, that that mechanism that stops you from harming yourself. Yes. So there was apparently no mechanism stopping them from harming themselves at some point. I think that what we saw yesterday in that movie, we saw several scenes played out. There were about, uh, I think, four people whose lives were being tracked, whose demonic possession was being tracked. And we saw several things that were going on. One of the things I remember saying to you last night was that I'm, I'm, as you know, I'm extremely interested in witchcraft and folklore and vampires and werewolves and all this cool stuff and demons. And usually I look at it from a historical point of view. And one of those reasons is that there's a lot of really unpleasant stuff involved with all of these things. And if you can have it at a distance, then you don't have to deal with the emotional immediacy of it. Yeah. Looking at somebody who this year or last year went through what was, in essence, an abusive emotional event is very disturbing because it means that there are a set of people who believe in that and the same thing could happen to other people and um, you know it isn't that same that 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 sort of comfortable distance I would disagree though that they weren't compliant I think that <coughs> it's interesting that so often people who are possessed by the devil I'm using air quotes here yeah, yeah. Are, um, are young women or girls uh, who are in some situation where they need attention or there, there is some kind of psychodrama being played out and they're playing a role and so are the people around them. Um, we saw in the documentary yesterday that, for example, there was a whole family which had formed itself around this girl's alleged demonic possession. Her parents had gone for it. Her sister had become a therapist and given up her job, so her sister's social status you know, really was commanded by what she was in relation to her sister. And if her sister was no longer possessed, she was no longer powerful and, and her therapist. And it just reminds me very much of stuff that I would know about more in a historical context, like um, young girls who reckoned that they were possessed by demons. In the Salem witch trials, for example, uh, you had um, a young girl called Tituba who was the family... Uh, the family servant and the younger girls in the family also got caught up in the whole thing and it, it was one of the things that precipitated the Salem witch trials. I was thinking about uh, the Throckmorton girls in the Warboys witches that happened in the 1600s um, 
up in Cambridgeshire in England. And again, you have you have this whole drama being played out. Unfortunately, in those cases, people actually ended up dying because they were accused of being witches. Uh, you weren't talking about demonic possession you, were t- possession, you were talking about people being afflicted by witchcraft from outside. But it was the same kind of a thing. Young girls who didn't have much of a voice and were establishing themselves, finding their power in the world became victims, but they also, in a strange way, um, became empowered by their role. Mm -hmm. They were at the centre of everybody's attention. The women that I saw in that film yesterday actually weren't fighting anywhere near as hard as they could have. I I could have kicked someone in the face in in the position that they were in some of the times. And they were were writhing, and there was a great um, drama... And I'm not intending to diminish that, incidentally. I don't mean it's, that it's false. It may, it may have felt emotion, emotionally real to them, but they knew where to stop. They didn't bite anybody's ears off. They didn't mm-hmm. kick anybody in the face. So it was that, a ritual. Is, is that a conscious decision, though? I don't know. It, it would be hard to say, but it, but we know that people are behaving within a ritual, and you okay. know what the bounds of that ritual are mm-hmm. um, because of, first of all, there's the top-down type information that you get because you, you've been told about exorcisms and how they go. And then there's also the bottom-up kind of uh, behaviour that you get because people invent forms of behaving when they're together. Oh, yeah. So... One way and another, these groups of people have cobbled together a ritual and a behaviour, and it serves all of them in some way or another. Brilliant. But you did mention some uh, other things, and there was uh, Chris French there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we all had a nice chat about that. That uh, why, historically, there were a lot of nuns uh, involved in these uh, demonic possession kind of experiences. And uh, one of the, the aspects was the sexual aspect of, of, of that, that the, something that was repressed in them, in a way, that was a, a good way for them to, to live it, actually, without being responsible for it mm-hmm. well that's the thing about being possessed by the devil is that you're not responsible for these things also oh, yeah. being attacked by the devil it though, liberates you yes it liberates you being attacked by the devil it can happen in two ways and they are quite different one is obsession where the devil basically annoys you to, to reduce you mm-hmm. okay. um, and in which case you are suffering and you're the victim the other is possession where the devil takes control of your body and then you're not responsible for okay. what you're doing um, and And there are, yeah, there are a few examples of nuns. Bear in mind, today, if you want to become a nun, there are all sorts of very positive career choices you can make. You can go to a teaching order. Um, you can go and spend your life on spiritual contemplation, but nobody's forced to do it. Yeah. Uh, in times gone by, it was sometimes the uh, the occupation of a younger daughter. Who, mm. uh, and if you end up in a situation like that and you haven't chosen it, I suppose you can understand some people suffering from breakdowns. Have you got any more um, historical examples um, of um, these uh, possessions? Or there is something that you will be talking about, that, but that's not related to the devil, is it? Uh, that, that you will be talking about tomorrow? I won't be talking about possession tomorrow. I'll be talking about um, a, a troublesome ghost. <laughs> and it, a, a troublesome ghost from here. So it, it belongs to this city. Uh, but I think it's worth remembering that possession isn't weird in the context of Christianity. You could reasonably regard Jesus as a traveling therapeutic exorcist. Mm. So, um, uh, you know, uh, getting rid of the demon from the daughter of the 
you know, the, the Gentile woman who came up to him. There's something like 12 examples from the New Testament. Uh, so it, it's a pretty kosher um, Christian belief, which is a strange word to use in relation to Christian belief. Uh, and, uh, yeah, no, tomorrow I'll be talking about the ghosts of, of, of Rutzwaff instead. Mm, really looking forward to that. But one more thing. Yes. About the exorcism. Um, there was one guy yesterday who gave a talk um, in defense of um, demonic possessions that, um, being real. And there was quite a bit of debate afterwards on whether it was a good idea to, to give him platform here. What's your opinion on that? I think that it was an excellent idea to give him a platform here. For one thing, he had a chance to really persuade us that demonic possession didn't exist and he didn't manage. It, it's a shame. I always wonder in situations like that whether or not perhaps they could find someone who was more plausible. Perhaps it's just that the whole argument is, yeah. isn't plausible. Uh, but I, I thought it was fantastic to have that platform because you have to have your arguments in order. You can't just say that's silly, it can't possibly be true. You have to truly understand what other people believe. I think it's... We also had another priest here who was considerably more reticent on the subject. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's worth remembering that an organization as large as the church does accommodate a wide range of perspectives on this thing and you go from some people who are frankly gullible and superstitious right up to people who may feel that an exorcism is a therapeutic process but it doesn't actually represent the eviction of an actual demon so you you know it's it's worth not it's worth remembering not everybody's dumb and not everybody's gullible uh, <laughs> um, but uh, but that leads to another issue within therapy is whether or not you kind of you get the within belief or the without belief therapy and that's something that's it has been a discussion in relation to um, to schizophrenia and voices mm -hmm. Uh, over the last few years because you, do you do you kind of enter the universe and, and believe what the person is saying and then approach it from that and it might work, bear in mind, if somebody believes they're being possessed by the devil and they believe that they have someone on their side who's very potent um, which is God and the priest is a channel for God, that that is truly their way to therapeutic release mm -hmm. uh, you know do you actually help someone a little bit more by that approach mm -hmm. personally I think no actually because I, I think the idea of demons and uh, demons infesting you are, is, is so terrifying that you're probably better off not believing it but you if someone's acutely distressed trying to change their whole universe view in one session in order to make them happy. It's just not going to happen that quickly. So uh, I can see both sides of this issue and, um, you know, I think there's a very, very good sceptical discussion to have mm -hmm. about it. Great. Um, well, really looking forward to your talk tomorrow. Have fun for the rest of the day today because sure it's still not over yet. Um, we are just coming up to the, the afternoon session with uh, psychology Blackmore. and Susan Blackmore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very, very much looking forward to it. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. We are here in Rotswaf at the um, European Skeptics Congress, which is officially over. Uh, but uh, now we're just running around, we're just, uh, still mingling here with others. And uh, here with me is Daniela from uh, Germany. Hi. Hi. 
I understand uh, you are blaming us for being here at the conference. How is that so? Yeah, well, you were the first uh, people who were talking about this Congress whom I heard. So I was listening to the podcast and you were talking about the Congress. And I looked up the time and I thought, I can go. And they, say me, they tell me I should go, so I'm going. Oh, <laughs> very good. Compliant attitude. Um, however, I'd like to know how um, you started listening to us in the first place. Uh, Jane Novella was at your show and I was listening to the Skeptics Guide and he talked about the European Skeptics Podcast and as a European I thought, oh, that's better. Although I did not stop listening to the Skeptics Guide, of course. Oh, why would you? Of course. Um, what do you think of the Congress? It was really great. It was so nice. I was a bit afraid because I'm not an academic and I have no PhD and nothing. And I was a bit afraid of meeting people who would perhaps look down at me or so. And everyone was really nice and it was very much fun. And yeah, it was great. And uh, what made you interested in, uh, in skepticism in general? Um, I always hated people lying to me, even at school. And when I, uh, I found the skeptical movement when I was looking for science podcasts, because science is, science is cool, and then I discovered skeptics who, uh, who show when people are lying. And that was uh, one of the first things that drove me to the skeptics. And are you a member of a group? Uh, I just uh, filled my registration, so uh, I'm not official, but I hope I will be in a week or so. Did it happen here at, at the Congress? Uh, no, uh, I did that before I started to the Congress. Okay, and are you going to be attending other um, events like this in the future? For sure. This was so much fun and I learned so much and I met so many great people. I will come back. Well, I'm really hoping to meet you uh, at any of those uh, in the future. Daniela, thanks very much. And uh, have a safe trip home. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Actually, we could have recorded um, a lot more than that, but we were too busy. Yes, yes. So I mean, much going on. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, we're too busy having a good time. I don't, you know, um, it's not just that. There, there, were, there were no moments of not doing anything. Yeah. It was the program was full on. Yeah, full the, on. The, the program was so full on that that it was it was a very tight schedule uh, that we had to keep. And uh, in the coffee breaks, you were just networking like crazy. Yeah. And um, then in the evenings, there was, it was too loud as well. I tried yeah, it a couple yeah, of times, but yeah, it was yeah. too loud to interview people. So, um, it's fine. fine. It's uh, fine, you it's know, fine. we did what but we did. Actually, but we do have, I don't want to mention any names, but there are people that we've met here that I'd like to invite uh, for regular interviews yeah. in the future. Yeah. So, so I, I think we can look forward to that instead. Yeah. And uh, I loved the fact that there were people coming up to us saying that we were the ones responsible for them being here. Yeah. Uh, one of them um, having been Daniela, I, I interviewed. That's just fantastic. That that makes us realize that it makes sense for us to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's it's rarely you get. Yeah, but it's good to get this real confirmation that that yeah, it actually. We sit here every week and we talk into a box, but it actually makes a difference for some people, and that's really very gratifying. Yeah, yeah. And uh, people, we're going to be. Uh, uh, there are two members of the Guerrilla Skepticism on Wikipedia. Um, um, Annika and uh, Scotty f f um, they live in Germany mm. and uh, we're going to meet them up with uh, Susan, Lubo and Mark uh, on the tour that I'm 
going on in about half an hour from now. Oh, wow. Uh, I think she never time. stopped you. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, <laughs> it's the About Time Tour. And they are regular listeners. Mm. And they kept throwing references at us uh, from, they from the are show. Great. They are great. And we have such a lovely time just hanging out and getting yeah. to know each other. And... Yeah, yeah so, so enthusiastic. Yeah, it was. It Thanks was for so supporting lovely. the show, guys. Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> really good. Tell us again which which cities you're going to visit. So first tonight we are going to sleep uh, in Dresden, um, and then tomorrow morning we are moving on to Göttingen. When tomorrow evening we're going to have an event, mm. and we're going to have a couple of discussions, uh, short talks, I believe. Then the next day, and this has been organized actually while we were here, this part, mm-hmm. that the ne- uh, that we, we added two more s- stops um, oh, to, yes, to yeah. our, our, our um, event calendar or our itinerary. Because the original plan was that uh, we're um, having a, sp- a bit of time out with uh, Annika and Scotty mm-hmm. visiting the Natural History Museum in uh, Frankfurt. But then... I realized a couple of members of EXO and and um, local members of GUB could be um, met up with as well. And yeah, this is what's going to happen. There is a meeting in the evening, a skeptics in the pub in Frankfurt. And on the next day, Martin Mana, who works for GUB, um, he's basically the engine behind the, the organization. We are going to visit the headquarters in Darmstadt the next day, the oh. next morning, before we go on to Heidelberg and uh, meet up with uh, Natalie Grumps. Mm. So, uh, yeah. sounds fun. Yeah, it, it does, but it's it's going to be a very tight schedule now. Wow. Uh, but I love that. I don't mind it. You, well, as long as you take it easy, you come back in one piece and we can record our next, next episode. Yeah, uh, which will, I don't know how it will happen. Uh, but yeah. Well, we'll figure something out. There will, be, will, there will be an episode next week And I'm, week I'm, well. not, I'm not on a different continent like I usually am. No, no. At least there's that. Yeah. And uh, But I'm going to be missing you guys. Um, it, it would have been so nice to, to do this together. But we will meet again not far from now. Not far from now. No. It's two weeks to go until QED. Two, is it? Three. Yeah, it's going to be two on Friday. So exciting. Yeah. So exciting. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, yeah, but even until then, if anyone wants to get in touch, uh, please do. Um, please um, let us know if you have ideas, suggestions, criticism, anything. Um, sorry for for the the unusually bad quality of the sound, but uh, yeah, we're sitting in a hotel are, room and a hotel room, and we are <clears throat> we are at least sitting together and using one microphone. Um, uh, I love doing this. Yeah, and you can uh, get in touch with us as always um, via different methods. You can email us. It's info at theesp.eu. You can find us on Twitter and it's at espodcast underscore eu. You can like us on Facebook and direct messages on there or uh, you can go on our website which is theesp.eu and messages from there as well. Um, and please spread the word. Mm-hmm. And if you want to keep up with where Andras is that is of course in the events calendar on the esp.eu events in Europe page uh, so of course we're gonna, gonna have to add those last stops that you added so we get it in there and of course all the other things going on as usual in Europe. And I believe the fundraising is still going on for the About Time Tour if anybody wants to contribute to this great cause. Yes it's still open.
It's still open. Yeah. yeah. Please do. Please do. Yeah. And your support will be greatly appreciated. Yeah. Well, Indeed. The, yes. Of course, the, the link to the Fundly yeah. thing is uh, on the webpage. Okay. <laughs> it's Thanks, been guys. so great having pleasure out with you all weekend okay. and recording this with you here right now. Thanks for joining me today, Yelena and Pontus. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's and been a great weekend. Thanks to our listeners for tuning in. And until next week, bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments or death threats to info at theesp.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know, as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Schraub and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe No, we didn't have to do that. Sorry, I'm using either one or the other. Sorry. And Bob is making really weird sounds and... and anyway, yeah, like cut it off. Don't worry about it. The, 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 the normal skeptic... Events in Europe, is that what it's called? Events in Europe. Invent... Invents? Invents, yeah, no. Events. Yay! Okay, I'm gonna have to run now. Okay.